0: everyone. Um, My name is Elizabeth, and I know a lot of you probably don't know me on here, but I do a lot of the -the behind-the-scenes work. Um, I've actually been the virtual assistant for John for about a year now, um, working on the private practice workshop side of things, doing marketing, um, some admin work as well for his private practice um, in counseling. Um, I'm also a pre-licensed marriage and family therapist in New York City, um, and so I've just learned a ton from John. Um, over this past year, just all things in terms of business, marketing, all things private practice. Um, And we've been having some conversations just about the topic of grad students and learning like how to transition into private practice after grad school, how it's not something that we learn in grad school. It's something that a lot of students have tons of questions on coming out of school um, and how the topic just needs to be talked about more, how we can um, prepare for that before we even graduate and really understand this a bit better. So um, I'm really excited for our guest we have on today, but before I introduce her to you guys, um, I did want to mention again, Business Made Human. Um, This is a mastermind group that private practice works workshop puts on. Um, and this is just like a weekly mastermind group that you can apply to enter into. Um, I think the groups have about 10 people in each one, so they're really small, but this is full of like-minded therapists that are wanting to level up their business, improve their business, make it more profitable in general, but to also find ways to make their work life balance better. Um, I think the slogan on here says um, to change your business from anxious best guessing to profitable and purpose-filled. And so if you guys are wanting to learn more about that or to sign up for and apply for that, you can click the link in the description below, um, or you can head to privatepracticeworkshop.com and you can learn more about it there. Um, but without further ado, I wanted to introduce Lily Dawson, our guest today. Um, I'm really excited to talk to Lily because um, we actually went to grad school together back in 2017 in Kansas City, um, and Lily has just done a phenomenal job in transitioning out of grad school into private practice, all things marketing and branding and getting clients outside of grad school. She's done a really, really good job at that. So I'm um, excited to have you on here today, Lily. Hey, me too. Thanks so much. I'm thrilled. Definitely. Um, Well, could you just tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? And we can jump into some of our questions. Mm -hmm. Who you are and what you do. What like a big, big question.
1: Um, Oh, I'm a therapist here in Kansas City. That's like one of the things I do. I, um, I, I do my best to Um, just really live as authentically as possible, whatever I'm doing. So sometimes I do more therapy than I do other things in my life. Lately, I've been adding some clients to my load because I'm ready to do more therapy. But during the winter, I was doing a lot of uh, sort of nesting at home and being a good partner and being a dog mom and all these things. So I really do, as you'll sort of Oh, uh, see, in these, um, in this interview, I really do try my best to just really honor in every place of my life what I want to be in that moment. So I'm glad to be here in this capacity. Um, I love connecting with other people. I love talking to other people who are struggling, whether it be a client, you know, or. Other therapists starting out that, geez, needs some more support because don't we all, you know?
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, like going into grad school, I wasn't totally thinking about, you know, what it would mean to go into private practice right after. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. Um, it was a big struggle for me, like going into a group private practice afterwards. It was really hard. Like I didn't understand the marketing aspect of things. I know we had like one business class, but I think I missed a couple of the classes. It was like a three class kind of like intensive thing. And I wasn't there for most of it. And, um, just like the business side of things in general, like numbers, clients, you know, making a sustainable income were not things I was really, really on my mind at the time. Um, so could you tell us like a little bit about like your story of going into grad school? Was that similar for you? Did you have more of an idea of like what you wanted to do afterwards and what it would take to transition into private practice?
1: No, I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I I remember entering grad school and Biddy, I think it was like the first day. When I say Biddy, I'm referring to Elizabeth. This is like her. That's sweet. my nickname. Yeah. <laughs> <Excuse laughs> I'm amazing no. language that people are like, who is she talking to? Okay, um, on the first day of grad school, I don't know if you recall this, we all, like, stood in a circle and introduced ourselves, and everyone sort of went around and said, like, what kind of therapist they want to be. I want to be a child therapist. I want to be a sex therapist. I want to be whatever. And it came around to me, and I said, um, I don't even know if I want to be a therapist. I just want to figure out if this schooling feels right for me. And if not great, I'll just cross therapist off the list and move on to the next thing that I think. I Right. So no, I had no idea, but the same thing that I think brought me to therapy has brought me to all the different things in my life. I really have simply wanted to, um, do more, especially at that place in my life with deep conversations. Um, Uh, philosophical thought, um, contemplative conversation. These were things that I wasn't doing much in my life. I was an artist for 15 years before I went to grad school. Um, And I became a yoga teacher a few years uh, sort of prior to going to grad school. And so that sort of got my foot in the door of like this kind of thinking. And then it was really clear that like, whoa, I want to sit and talk to people all day about this stuff. Um, And of course, during our program, it just became all the more clear that that felt right, particularly in private practice setting rather than clinical because of that freedom. I mean, you can see like I preach doing the things you love and all this stuff and it's so much more available in private practice than any other avenue, I think. And so um, all those experiences just helped to be like, okay, this is clearly what I wanna do. I wanna do private practice with this certain population in this capacity, even in this like area of town, you know, it all, um, started to come together thanks to those experiences. I think all sort of in one, but no, no idea when I started what I would end up doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of came together through like learning all of those things over time and them all coming together as one. Yes. yes, Yeah. Um, so, uh, just like with going into private practice, like straight after grad school, knowing what you know now, like what are two or three things you wish that you would have learned or grown in before graduating that, you know, now?
1: Yeah, these are really difficult. Um, oh, so difficult because I really do value, you know, the education I got, but I think that, um. I wish I knew, would have had more understanding, honestly, about how much, how many options there were for us after grad school in terms of how you find clients and what kind of therapist you are and that sort of thing. Um, Knowing that I actually needed to figure out what my specific brand of therapy, of talking to people, of helping people is then helps me know what to put on my website, what sort of colors to use on my social media posts, what part of town I want to land my practice in. I mean, all that stuff. I was just like, I, you know, we graduated and then I'm like, well, shoot, I mean, I don't I don't know what differentiates me from Biddy or from the person, you know, the next person. And I really needed to know that. I mean, I think that I probably didn't spend about three months after we we graduated doing little to no work, but just simply thinking, who am I? And how do I affect therapy, right? You and I Mm -hmm. can read the same textbook and we can even help people in similar ways. But there is something about your specific personality or my specific personality that also sets us apart and makes the work its own thing and so unique. And so number one, I wish that I would have had more insight around Mm -hmm. figuring out who the heck I was you know, and I've done plenty of therapy, plenty of workshops, yoga, all that stuff. And I was still like, how do I distill it down into kind of a marketable sort of image? Um, And then also, how do I do that in my work every day? Like, cause this is part of my integrity to be this brand. Like it's me, it's not a marketing tool. This is truly who I am. And it's truly who I want to be every day. So figuring that out was like, huge. And I wish it was something that I had started six months prior to graduating, right? Like, that would have been easy for me to be like, what things do I like? What things don't I like? How do I like to sit? What do I like to wear? How do I like to talk? Like, oh, that's just so important. Because the second piece that I'll run into now, because when people are depressed, can't sleep, middle of the night, and they are anxiously, ferociously googling or searching Mm -hmm. psychology today for therapists they want to get a really good idea about who they're about to sit with and Mm -hmm. so if I have a really generic website like wearing I don't know something semi-professional and looking really nice in a headshot like that doesn't set me apart from anybody it doesn't say anything about me you know and so Mm -hmm. The second piece is once you sort of nail down who the heck you are, you then need to figure out how important it is to put that somewhere that people can find, you know, put Mm -hmm. it on a website, Uh, heck, put it on social media. I mean, get yourself enough exposure so that somebody who's really scared and going through whatever they're going through can look at even just your website and say, This person is already making me feel safe. This person already has an energy, a presence, a look that makes me know I'm going to be okay with her. I'm going to be okay spending $150 an hour with her, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important to talk about too. Like that first piece you were saying of like the branding aspect of things. It's like, who am I? What differentiates me from other people? Like, why would somebody want to come pay for me and sit with me rather than another therapist in the area? Right. And like figuring out stuff like colors or brands, essentially at the end of the day, it's like, even if you join a group practice, like you're still your own, thing. Like you're still your own business. You're marketing yourself. And so figuring out how do I do this? What's my voice? What's my story? How am I relatable to people even so that they can connect with you? And then that second piece you were saying too, of, you know, what makes people feel safe and know like they can sit with me and they want to spend that $150 an hour specifically to sit with me and know that like, they're going to be okay. Um, and being able to like tell that story to that person on that website or wherever they're finding you of like, you're going to be able to be safe with me. Um, is so important that we don't talk about a lot in school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not at all. Those three days, two of which you missed. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But that really doesn't scratch the surface of just how important it is to, to invest in that time to say really who the heck am I? And, and I don't want to put myself in the box, but how can I really identify who I am so that I never feel like I'm having to stretch too much or be the person that I said I was on my website that I really am not, you know? Totally.
0: Yeah. Like being congruent enough there for it's like, I'm the same person both yes. ways. Yes. Um, did you like, how did you do that? So in those three months you were talking about, mm-hmm. I really took some time to get to know me, my voice, who I was, how I wanted to show up, Did you like have resources for that? Did you call anyone to help you? Like, what was that process like?
1: Biddy, it is so funny you asked this because I don't want you to ask this question because honestly, it was so messy. It was so gross. It was a lot of therapy. It was a lot of crying. It was a lot of like, who I am isn't somebody people are going to like. Who I am Mm -hmm. isn't something that is therapeutic. I mean, I thought who I was was someone who wasn't ethical. I mean, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can't put out there that I like to cuss in session or whatever. Like, I can't put that stuff out there. That's going to make people feel unsafe. And so Mm -hmm. it was really, I mean, almost a reckoning with all the ideas I had in my head about what a therapist had to look like. And really sitting with who I was and that that was therapeutic and that even cussing in session can be helpful. You know, I mean, Mm. it was so hard. It was so hard. I feel like I even have chills just thinking about those months because it really did just feel like having to sit with the things about myself that I just thought were awful, but I Mm -hmm. knew I knew they were such a big part of me that I if I were going to do anything 20 to 30 hours a week I couldn't hide them. I needed to figure mm-hmm. out how to integrate them and and find a way for them not to be limitations, but for them to actually be like assets, skills, strengths.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge because it's vulnerable to put yourself out there and to market yourself. In that way and to as a therapist even it's kind of like you know we're offering a service but we're also offering ourselves in a way of you know like come see me and sit with me and let's talk and it's totally about you know the client essentially but there's a big vulnerability to it of like how do i show up here and like what does that mean yes yes Mm -hmm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah. No, that's big. I love I love that <laughs> answer though because I think it's so real. Like it is messy and I think like we have to go through that process of figuring out like who am I in this and how do I want to show up and I think that is a really big process for sure. Mm-hmm. Um were there any like books or like online courses or podcasts or I mean you know just even about business or marketing or branding to help you figure out how to do that that you would recommend to other people?
1: Yeah, so I actually hired a marketing person um, right when I started out, Uh, really because I didn't know what I needed to be putting out there. She introduced me to the story brand method of marketing, and that I latched onto, I mean, I read all the articles, all all the books, watched their webinars. I was really into it. And and primarily my website um, sort of focuses is, is directly based on the story brand method. And so that's the first thing that was extremely helpful. If someone by chance were going to you know click on my picture on psychology today and somehow randomly get wed- led to my website they were going to get sucked in like the not to sort of toot my own horn but i feel
0: like my website she has a great website though
1: <laughs> well thanks i just really mm-hmm. felt like learning this from the marketing person we created my website and it was just like foolproof i mean it felt right there so that was the first step that was really helpful Um, And if you guys aren't familiar, with the story brand, like they just let you know exactly what needs to go where, right? Like I had a cute logo, you know, Lily Dawson therapy or something. I think it just said Lily Dawson. And then I was reading the book and they were like, your logo can't be vague. It can't just be Lily Dawson. What do you do, Lily? And so I added individual and couples therapy. I mean, I got as specific as possible. It wasn't just therapy, individual and couples therapy. Um, so they tell you exactly what you used to go where and boy, was it like the best sort of handholding I could need during that time because there's just so many questions. Like, I don't know what to put on a website. So that was really good. Um, the second part, I mean, is a little bit more abstract, but it was so nice to learn from this marketing person, just simple things. About like social media for businesses, for instance, she taught me about series which means like when you're creating social media posts, um, I wanted to have, for instance, a social media, uh, a bunch of different social media posts about eating disorders. And she was like, okay, that's one of your series you have a series called food for thought or whatever that hashtag was. And then I was like, I also want to do one about fighting or couples who fight. And she was like, Cool. That one, I forget what cute name that one was called, You know, re- relationship woes or something like that. Anyhow. Mm. And so we created these series, which then set our social media schedule. You know, you do relationship woes on Monday, you do a call to action on Tuesday, which is going to be something like, you know, come book me. And then you do the food for thought on Wednesday. Right. And that gave me more of a structure because it felt really, really overwhelming to think about doing, you know, a full kind of career of social media posts without much direction. But that was really helpful. And then she taught me, too, about the whole branding package, which was like whatever colors and fonts I used on my website, those are the ones people got used to seeing and associating me me with. So use those on these branded social media posts, right? Like use the same fonts for each of these little series. You need to use the same layout, the same color. People are going to get more familiar with it. Anyhow, she taught me so much and she also kept up with that stuff. So I didn't have to, which was really nice because I was doing whatever other stuff at that point. And so I think the biggest takeaway, it's not a book, it's not anything, but spend the money on the front side, on like the first coming out of grad school side, spend the money to actually make it so that within a handful of months, you will be full. You know, Mm -hmm. I talked to postgrads who didn't hire a marketing person, didn't invest in a nice website, haven't done much with their social media and they're a year out of school and still struggling to see a 10 or a dozen clients a week. You know, I was mm-hmm. seeing 10 clients a week my first month. I was seeing a dozen clients a week my first month. So you are going to feel like, well, I don't have any money. How can I be investing in somebody for $500 or $1,000 a month to do this stuff for me? And it's like you just really have to trust that if you rely on your sort of specialness, and relying on somebody else to relay that specialness into a website or social media, that people will come, that it will work. But uh, that was so, so important for me to just invest upfront.
0: Yeah. And I remember, you know, cause I was, we were both kind of went into private practice at the same time, right after grad school. And I remember hearing, you know, from other people of like, well, wow, like Lily and I think Michael too, you guys had like a similar yeah. marketing person maybe. And they're like, wow, like, you know, it's really taking off and like their social media is taking off or like their website's like getting so much traffic or they're getting all these clients. Um, and I loved how you guys both like invested in that and it really paid off, like actually getting people to help you with that part of it. So other people can see how you're unique and how you are special as a therapist and what you're specifically doing. So the right kind of clients and the right people can flock to you and find you.
1: Yes. And you know what, Biddy, like there is just so much anxiety when you start out about like, will people ever want to come see me? Will I struggle to get clients all the time? I mean, it hurts so bad to feel that pain. And so hiring this marketing person for 500 bucks a month gave me so much peace of mind that like, I'm going to be fine. This is in her hands. Mm-hmm. I I did keep getting uh, referrals and people finding me online. And I was just like, I'll be okay. She's taking care of that, you know, because that mm-hmm. stress is really, really important. Much more important than saving 500 bucks or a thousand bucks a month, to be quite honest, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't just consume you those feelings of like inadequacy or scarcity or just fear that you will never kind of,
0: lift off, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think I know too, it's like just going out of grad school into working in general, like you just wrapped up this really intense season of your life and then going into this other transition and this other change, um, where you're like, you know, actually taking money for the service you're offering. Cause I know in grad school, for me, at least it was all free. So there wasn't, you know, maybe as much pressure on it, but then kind of going into, wow, these people are coming in to see me for this amount of money. So that's already stressful, in general. And then on top of trying to be the one that's getting your own clients is hard. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's really true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from your own experience, where do you feel like you've seen grad students feel the most unprepared? Is it the marketing aspect? Is it getting clients? Um, what have you kind of seen there? Yeah. Um, So I'm in a group practice where
1: we bring on, I don't know, a couple or so brand new clinicians once they graduate every year. I mean, so I have been close um, in some of these conversations, and it really is clear to me that there is so much fear about being where you should be, you know? I mean, I remember uh, this lovely woman who I'm sure she's full already because she's so talented um, that was in the office next to me a year after I had been in practice. I would sit and talk to her regularly and she would just say, like, is this normal? Blah, 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 blah. Is this normal? Blah, 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 blah. You know, Mm -hmm. and I support support. Right. Like. I was just happy I could be there to say, yeah, sure, Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me. You know, I mean, and that's all she needed, right? But there is just so much uncertainty, like you said, stepping into something brand new for the first time that you're in charge of with all these pressures, you know, that I think really setting yourself up to be supported, to have different communities, to have a marketing person, to take care of certain things. It's almost like you're on a team together to have just all the people you need in your corner. In addition to like your clinical supervisor and stuff like that, but like just people who can hold your hand that were there not long before you to say like, yeah, (laughs) You're right where you should be, you know, cuz mm-hmm. that was just such a big question and the uncertainty was huge. Um and I remember being there myself, but seeing it firsthand just keeps reminding me of just how much fear there is in that first year starting
0: out, you know. Mhm. Yeah, and I think so much of it has to do with like we're we're measuring stuff, like we're trying to measure it, we're trying to figure out Oh, you know, like I only have this many clients or this many cancel or this person, you know, no-showed or trying to figure out like, I think because at the end of the day, sometimes we're wondering like, is it me? Like, is there something wrong, you know, with what I'm doing or am I not a good therapist? And we start, like, start asking those questions of, is this normal? Cause we want to know if it's something specifically that we're doing. And I think a lot of times it's not, you know, it's just that process of building clients and it's not always this like linear, super clean um, process.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Not clean. That's at really all. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't expect a clean process. No. Um, what's the number one thing a post-grad should do to help build their practice? What can they do now uh, to kind of help build that before it starts? I mean,
1: people are going to hate this answer, but put money into a good website.
0: Mm-hmm. Put money
1: in, whatever that means, right? Hiring somebody for it, uh, the time to teach yourself how to do it well, and everything that goes along with it. Like, I, my website is really photo heavy. Um, that has to do with the fact that, uh, sorry, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. My brand was definitely very artist driven, Cause I was an artist for 15 years. And so a big point for me was like how I bring that experience into the therapy office. A big part of that then for me is decor. I mean, that sounds mm-hmm. kind of silly, but like how I decorate my office has been crazy intentional. And so I really wanted super great photos of my meticulous office Um, And not meticulous in terms of clean, meticulous in terms of like design all Mm -hmm. over my website. Um, And so for me, that meant I had to invest a bit of money into having a really great photographer come and get really great pictures of me in my office and that sort of thing. So it's investing money in just this whole sort of brand identity that you're going to have to translate online thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just think figuring out who you are and then how to sell that, sell that, um, is the only way you're going to get people who know why to choose you over you,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so good to talk about too, because, like we can think stuff like that silly, I think, like colors or you know brand stuff or fonts or what my office looks like or translating what it's like to sit in a session with me onto my website. Um, but it like, it speaks about who you are. And I think we like downplay that sometimes of like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Or that's like not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It helps people connect with you. It helps them know you, um, to know if you're relatable to them, to know if like they feel comfortable. Um, because that's, it's visual. It's what we can see. We aren't there yet. So, I mean, we're only going to be able to go off of what we're able to visualize and it is really important. And I think sometimes we undersell that, like it's not something that matters when it does. It's part of the brand. It's part of marketing.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, started over this past year, a consulting business where all I do is provide support to people who, um, you know, are sort of in that place of like, not knowing is this normal, that sort of thing. Um, similar to the story I was telling you about the therapist next door to me. Um, and it has been so cool to be able to just say, I've been there, I've helped other people. I know the places that you don't even know you need to help get you more on solid ground about this thing that feels so shaky, you know, and we work on websites and I've offered workshops to teach people how to do websites and social media stuff before. But it's just, uh, like you said in your uh, sort of first question, it is just a totally sort of undervalued and missed place that we all know is so gosh darn important. We all live Mm -hmm. on our phones. We live on Instagram. We live on the internet. How is it that we have no idea how to you know, get ourselves to accurately represent what we do through those things. So, yeah, it's it's in there. It's in you. You got it. You know, you just have to figure out how to, like, get it in there.
0: Right. Get it all out there so people can see it, too. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really good. And I don't think it's talked about enough. And that's why I love having conversations like this, because this, this stuff just is not brought up in grad school, because we're learning how to be a clinician. And that's super important. And that's a huge part, obviously, of what we do. Um, but then we got to get like hit in the face with this stuff after of like, wow, I was not thinking about this at all before. Right.
1: Yes. Uh, I, know. I wish there were a whole class on social media posts for therapists. Like,
0: Crazy, right? But I know all this but is I so do. new. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's yeah. also new, right? Like being like a modern therapist now. Like social media is a thing, and like your website really matters and stuff that I don't think has really it hasn't been a thing. Like therapists on Instagram, like I don't think that's really been a thing until more recently, and especially with COVID, it's like blowing up. You know that we're all just on there all the time, and so yeah, it's really important to talk about this stuff, like telehealth, like being on your computer. Like we're all online all the time now. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like getting with the program kind of of like, how do I show up in these spaces matters a lot. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, did you have like any sort of mentor, like anyone you looked up to that was a few steps ahead of you um, to kind of help along with the process?
1: You know, it was really helpful that our clinician friend Michael was right across the hall from me. He had experienced just a lot of like social media success. And I know he kept a really consistent, full calendar and he wasn't that much older than us a year or two. Um, and so it was really cool to just sit with him and have him just say to me, hire this stuff out. I know you see zero clients right now and it feels really scary to spend any money more than what you're making. And you don't even know if you're going to make rent, but he mm-hmm. like showed me even his weekly breakdown from when he first started, he kept this Excel spreadsheet that I'll never forget. He pulled up. Cause I was like, wait, like are we sure that this marketing thing is going to do anything? And he pulled up this Excel spreadsheet and he was starting out just like everybody else seeing five clients a week, six clients a week, seven clients a week, you know, whatever. And then he said, and this is the week I hired this gal. You know, he was maybe seeing like 10 clients a week. And then the next week he was seeing 15 clients a week. And the next wow. week he was seeing 20 clients a week. And I was like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. You know. And then and then it was it's just been consistently 25, 30 clients a week, whatever he wants to see now. You know, that was a week I only wanted to see 25 clients, so that's all I did. But now he has the ability to decide how many clients he wants to see. It's not the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. And I have just experienced so much freedom in my own life from following that way of doing things. And it's so nice to just answer then my heart when it says, I- I'm tired during the winter. I only want to see 20 clients a week. That's it you know, and spring's mm-hmm. ramping up. And so I'm seeing like, I think I'm seeing 30 clients this week. And it's just like, I get to make that choice now. We're getting to be the summer and I'm going to want to spend some time at the pool. And so I'm going to be taking some afternoons off. And it's like, I get to do that, <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm not at the whims or me. I, I am at the needs of my clients, but not sort of the whims in terms of scheduling anymore. They will fit themselves wherever I have time
0: for them, you know? Exactly. And I think that that's a huge change of like, when we're depending solely like on, that can get tricky, right? It's like if a client cancels and we're depending on them showing up, you know, or like they can't come or they know, sure, whatever it is, but we're like almost needing them financially in a way to be there. Right. Of like, well, I, you know, only have this many clients and I'm like, depending on this person to show up that can get tricky because it's like, well, they have full autonomy to do that, right? Like they can cancel if yeah. they want to cancel. They're not locked into that. They're choosing to come to therapy, right? Um, and so I think that's so true of like having a full enough schedule matters so much because it gives you the flexibility um, to be able to set your own hours and to know like, I'm actually like, I have a lot going on this week or I feel really tired, like you said, in the winter. And I only want to see this many clients a week for my own self-care and to be able to like, no, I'll be okay. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's huge too, of like not being so reliant on, you know, whether or not this person comes and shows up every single time or not.
1: Yes. You know, that brings up another good point too. And I might be going off on a tangent here a little bit, but having this sort of abundance mindset over the scarcity mindset has also allowed me to be so much more empowered in my boundaries with clients right? When someone would cancel last minute before, I would be like, do I charge them? Do I not charge them? If I charge them, will they never come back? I mean, it was this whole thing. But now that I know I have reached so many people and they are excited to come see me and I've got a waiting list and I'm going to be fine, it allows me to know I do need to charge them. This is an obligation. This is their buy-in to therapy. Like they do need to respect that I, you know, could fill that space with someone who really needs it if I had ample notice, right? Like mm-hmm. and and these are all th- these boundaries are good. They're there for a reason. We do need to enforce them. But when we're mm-hmm. so frightened that like these are the only people we've got, then we're scared to piss them off or do something we shouldn't do. And so it is so It has also been so much more empowering to see just honestly how worthy I am to all these people and to be like, they're going to be here no matter what. They really want my help. I have something to offer. This is okay. I don't need to give in to these things that really are hard lines for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so huge too. And like exactly what you said, that abundance first, that scarcity mindset, we operate so differently when we're in one or the other. And it really does change even like how we're a therapist, how we show up for people, how we do business. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that all makes so much sense. Um, we do have a few questions that a couple people have asked about, um, the first one on here says, I would love to know a great way to initially introduce yourself to new clients. Um, I'm guessing maybe that's like online or maybe when you see them in session. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, online,
1: I really try as best I can to, um, again, make congruent who I am with what you see, like on my website or on my social media. So I really tried to do a good job of having enough sort of content up there that is very authentically me, that someone can know if we're going to be good or not, right? Um, uh, for instance, I talk a lot on my website about some new ideas that I have about sex and gender roles and sex and that sort of thing. So... If like a more um, uh, conservative, old-fashioned couple or person were to look and see things that they're like, oh, that's not quite me, we probably won't end up in the same room together. And that's a good thing. I want them to end up with somebody who really does align with what they believe in, right? Mm -hmm. And so definitely that congruence piece is really important. And just posting even stuff on social media consistently enough that someone really can get a really good idea Oh, she believes in some pretty modern ideas about sex. Oh, she believes in these pretty modern uh, beliefs about body image and all that stuff, right? Um, in person, I of course, we all know the therapeutic alliance is really, really important. And so although I am a very direct therapist when I need to be, I keep my first few sessions very sweet and soft. I mean, I am only interested in helping these people. I am only interested in making these people feel safe. That's me. That's, that's just who I am. You know, maybe you do therapeutic alliance differently. And so, um, you get to decide, you know, how you sort of make this known. Of course, if these people are coming in and saying, we have really old fashioned views of sex and we want to keep that going. I'm not going to push my views on them. Right. I'm going to talk to them about it and understand it, stuff like that. There's a reason they're here. And so I'm here to figure that out. Um, I'm not here to sort of press what I'm doing onto them, but I do, you know, at the end of the day, just want to make sure my helpful thing is getting put out there over anything else that I may have an opinion about or something like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's really good. Like really showing up. I like what you said too. It's like my main goal in those first few sessions, like I'm a direct therapist, but I'm here to help you. And I want you to feel like that's my motive, right? Like you're here in a safe space to be helped. Like I'm here for you kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, we have another question um, that asks, how have things changed? Um, for you in private practice with COVID?
1: Mm. My books have been full since June. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, it's interesting. We work a lot, of course, with trauma and attachment and all that stuff. And I was really convinced during COVID that the people who were like stressing out about COVID or unemployment or something like that were dealing with, kind of here and now grief, not anything I could connect to trauma or something from their childhood or whatever, which is typically my approach. And um, it really became clear that no, 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 this all still leads back to something, right? Like, why are these people so destitute that they don't have work somewhere to go during the day, something to be productive. You know, this has to link to somewhere. Why can't they adapt to these very natural things that are going on right now? You know? Um, so it has really sort of made me all the more invested in honestly, the attachment work that I'm sure we've all learned in grad school. Um, and, and not just thinking like, oh man, I need to soothe these people's kind of current troubles, but like, No, it all still goes back to that stuff we talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's been interesting to really see even how something as current as this still has its own nuanced roots in how we grew up.
0: Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. How do you feel like things have changed, like in regards to like telehealth or like you said, you booked up really fast or what's that been like, just like on the business side of things, but also like being online and all of those changes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was an adjustment to
1: be on telehealth. Uh, I still saw would, I saw people in person the whole time. I think, yeah, except for those like two months, in March and April of 2020, when everything was like closed down. But, um, I found that I was needing to change some of my, my mannerisms and stuff like that, because little nuanced, like sounds and stuff that I do to show that I care for somebody in a face-to-face session, like, ah, and stuff like that Mm -hmm. don't really come across on Zoom very well. So I'd have to make those like louder, like, ah, would be a new updated version. Um, So there was an adjustment there. I found too that there um, was some safety that people had in just being in their own homes, not having to get out, not having sometimes to get out of their pajamas to come see me. And so I was really happy to be able to adapt to a way that worked for these people. And So some people, even though they live in Kansas City and are vaccinated and all that, still are like, I don't want to leave my house. I just want to do this stuff online. So it's nice to be able to adapt to their needs. Um, It was also really great, actually, to be in person, Um, though I know a lot of people weren't doing in-person sessions. It was great to be in person as early as June of 2020, to offer some of these people who are really struggling with a place that felt safe, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of sort of like trust going on because I was like if there's any doubt in anybody's mind that they could be sick, do not come into the office and but the people who came in really trusted that I was keeping a safe place for them and um it was it was cool to experience um this sort of safe haven that we've carved out here. Um, that people really wanted to get out of their houses and come to, even if the rest of the world seemed kind of unsafe. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if I'm really answering the question, but um, there were definitely some really cool reflections that I have about how sort of meaningful this time has been, even though it's been so difficult.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I I love what you said too about Through telehealth, there's so much that we don't realize can get lost, of you know, Mm -hmm. even like pragmatics, right? Of like having like a sigh, but maybe they can't really hear it, or it freezes for a second and we can't see something like a look on their face that we would have been able to see before, you know, and like intuitively know, oh, okay, like this is something that's upsetting, but maybe it got lost for a second there. Um, but yeah, again, it is really cool to see like we can adapt to what people realize they want. If they like being at home and it's actually easier for them and they don't have to commute or they know that hour is just going to be an hour. It's not going to be an hour plus 30 minutes of driving and parking and that sort of thing. Um, being able to like offer people that option as well has been really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks you guys for asking a few of those questions. Um, Lily, do you have any other thoughts today before we wrap up our, our interview? Um, I appreciate being here. It's so fun to reflect on this stuff,
1: right? Like, how often do we sit down and think about the exciting things that we've done in the midst of challenge and how we got out of it? It's just so dang important. So I appreciate this space, and and I'm honored to be the first person on this. I hope that right first person nice, by me. This is great. Let's kick yeah. off a nice long string of good conversations with you. That's good.
0: Awesome. Love it. Would you give like any kind of piece of just last encouragement to anyone who's still in grad school or like freshly graduated, who's like struggling or stressed about this?
1: Yes. I want to say that whatever things that you think are your limitations or your obstacles are probably your like secret weapon. Um, and whatever you can do to actually cultivate those more, And find places to sort of welcome those places to the table um, instead of shunning them away or pretending like they don't exist or damning them for even being here. Oh, I wish that for everybody who's struggling with feeling like they don't quite have what it takes to be just that perfect therapist because you so do. And what you have is needed. It is needed by people. People are struggling because they need what you have to give.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Mm -hmm. I agree with all of that. So all of you out there stressed about it, struggling, those are the words of wisdom for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so Lily, where can people find you if they want to follow up with you? If they're interested, maybe they live in the state of missouri and they want to do therapy with you how would yeah. they find you yeah so my website is lilydawson
1: um that's where you can see the story brand method at work if you want to sort of understand how it goes um online i am uh lily dawson therapy on instagram and facebook um this little consulting business i do is called therapy core uh, that's core with a C O R P S, like Peace Corps or something like that. Um, and you can see that we give like some tips about how to do your website and stuff like that. There's some uh, little video on my website, the Therapy Core website, which is therapycore.org, even about like what the front homepage, the first thing people should see, should include. So you can even get a feel for what that is. Um, anyhow, and from there we offer like one-on-one consulting, website design, uh, all sorts of stuff.
0: So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So go check her out, you guys. She is an awesome resource for sure. Mm, Um, Okay. Well, thanks so much for being here, Lily. I really appreciated your time. Mm. And other people did too. We got a comment that said, I really enjoyed the information shared here. Thank you. So thank you guys for watching. We appreciate it. And hopefully we'll be here with another interview soon. Thanks y'all. Bye.